Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode three. I am so glad you are with me today because today we're going to talk about why your willpower drains out, why you start the day so motivated for things like sticking to your diet or using your great relationship tools or whatever that thing is that you promised yourself you were going to do. And then by about two o'clock, hey, you know how that goes away? (laughs) All that, that... great ideas you had, all the great feelings about what you were going to get done. Well, it goes away because of a secret that no one tells you. And I'm going to explain it today. I'm going to break it down and we're going to talk about what willpower really is, why you lose it, how to get more of it. Um, Because really, when you guys write in, that's probably one of the first things I hear. So let me just say this first. Let's, Let's talk about we're going to talk about willpower in the show notes. There'll be a nice little handout for you and some other goodies. But for now, I want to talk about your what willpower is and isn't. And <laughs> I want to say really clearly that forming habits and you know doing all this stuff is great. You know, having new habits in your life are key. And but to create a new habit, you have to have willpower, right? In the beginning, you have to you know, to get get to the gym, to eat well, to have patience with your partner, whatever it might be, you got to have those good feelings first, the, the, the motivation to actually get, do this crap, right? <laughs> to do this stuff. And here's what happens. Here's where it all gets lost. When every time you make a decision, every time you make one, you drain your willpower. Your willpower is an exhaustible resource. There's so many uh, studies on this. There's a very famous Stanford study with a marshmallow. You can look it up yourself. Uh, (laughs) And and actually, there's a lot to show that people who have better willpower go on to do better later. Um, So 
just saying, you know, so helping your kids develop willpower, et cetera, is, is a really important thing. But I'm not going to get in all the research right now. It, it'll be in your, again, in the handout in your show notes. But what I want to focus on is this. So as I make decisions all day, as things annoy me, as things are hard, those things all wear down my willpower. So when I wake up in the morning, I have all the willpower I'm going to have for the day. You are at your willpower best when you get out of bed. Now, let me say this. The other thing that people don't get is that your day does not start when that alarm goes off, ladies and gentlemen. It does not. If you think so, you're wrong. Your day starts when you go to bed. That is when your day starts. Because if you go to bed really late and you don't get enough sleep and you wake up in the morning, how do you feel? That's right. You feel crappy. You don't feel good. You're irritable. Is your willpower high or low? That's right. It's low. So going to bed at a reasonable time and putting on your big girl pants or your big boy pants and just getting your ass into bed is key. Because without that, really, I can talk all day and the rest of it's crap. You've really got to get over yourself and wanting to stay up really late and not getting a good amount of sleep. So, and the other thing it does is when you wake up in the morning and you feel like you haven't had quote unquote enough sleep, your first thought of the day, very first thing before you do anything else is I haven't had enough. My life sucks. I haven't had enough. That is no way to start a motivated, excited day. Let me just say that right there. Okay. But, but I digress. So your day starts at night, you get a good night's sleep, you wake up, that's when you have the most willpower. And everything you do all day starts to drain that willpower. It starts to eat at it. So many normal things you do in everyday life drain your willpower battery without you even realizing it. Commuting is the worst. If you have a long commute, I'm sorry for you because that's one of the worst. If you have to choose between you know 20 kinds of toothpaste at the store, if you fight with your partner, sitting through a boring class or a meeting or having that annoying person in a meeting that drives you nuts at work, all of these things drain your willpower. Every time you decide what you're going to eat, if you wake up every day and think, oh, what am I going to eat today? What do I have for breakfast? The world's your oyster. That's a problem. Your, your brain has too many choices to make and it gets overwhelmed. So really having less choice is where it's at. And really that's what habits are. Habits are when you take the choice away. Think about it. Even smoking cigarettes, you might, it's a habit, it's a bad habit, but you might feel like you don't have a choice. You feel this urge, you know, that you just can't resist to have a cigarette. Now there's good habits too. You, I get up really early in the morning and I go to the gym. I've been doing it for a long time and it really helps me for my day, but it's a habit. I don't think about it. The alarm doesn't go off and I don't think, should I, shouldn't I? Hmm, what do I feel like? If, oh, please, if I was going with what I felt like, I would never be in the gym ever, ever again. So as people who know me are laughing right now because they know it's true. So, you know, going with a, something that's a habit, that's the way to go. In the mornings, I have the same breakfast. I, I don't think about these things. When you uh, look at people, famous people who are like designers, uh, actually clothing designers are the most famous for this, I think. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg's kind of famous for it too, of wearing the same thing every day because it takes away all the decisions. As, you know, Zuckerberg, one of the founders of Facebook, he wears, you know, the hoodie and the jeans and the gray t-shirt or whatever every day, but 
even fashion designers, they're really famous for this. Michael Kors wears uh, jeans, a white T-shirt, and uh, a, a navy blazer every single day. Vera Wang, black leggings. Uh, D- uh, Donna Karan, same things, leggings. These people wear the same thing over and over because they're trying to use their brain power for other things, for creative things, for things that matter to them in a different way. And when you, and they know, what we know is that when you have to make decisions over and over, it drains that willpower, it drains, which drains creativity. Do you ever notice when you have no willpower, do you feel very creative? No, you feel very stuck. You feel like there's one choice in front of you and that's all you're going to do. So you really have to think about how you, how you use your willpower every day, how, what you do with it all day. Now, I like people to think, and here's where the big secret's going to come in. I like people to think of their brain like a smartphone. And I have an iPhone, so I'm going to use that as my little example. So on my iPhone, I can have all my apps open. And this is kind of true for any smartphone, obviously. But when your apps are open, number one, there's a problem because they're draining your battery, right? When you have a ton of things open on your phone, they start to drain the battery. Now, your battery in this metaphor is your brain. And when you have a lot of apps open, meaning maybe you're trying to diet, maybe you're uh, trying to improve your marriage, maybe you've given up drugs or alcohol, maybe you're trying to eat well, exercise, not yell at your kids, uh, anything new that you're trying to do is like a big app open. Also, anything you're avoiding that you think is quote unquote in the back burner, it ain't. It is wide open app that's draining your battery. If you've been putting off that root canal, uh, calling the doctor for some blood results or going in for testing, or if you've been putting off, you know, having that conversation with your partner, whatever it is, that's draining the big battery that is your brain. And it's in there and it is just eating away, eating away, whether you realize it or not. You might say to yourself, well, I don't even think about the root canal. I forget all about it, which is why I don't schedule it. You don't really. Your subconscious, trust me, is holding on to that thing and is just hiding it from you because it knows you hate it. So (laughs) either way, these are things that are draining. Now, just like apps on your phone, some have more weight than others. Some are bigger than others and drain the battery worse than others. If, you know, God forbid you have a child who's sick or maybe a parent who's dying, you know, something big, maybe you yourself are sick, have cancer, or, you know, you just found out you're diabetic or I don't know, any of these things. Uh, Maybe you have huge money problems. Maybe you just lost your job. You know, there are some things that are way bigger apps than others. So it's kind of like the difference between, you know, having the MLB network app on my phone and just having like bejeweled, you know, (laughs) they take up very different amounts of energy and RAM and, you know, space in my phone. That's how your brain works. Some of these things take up very little space. Some take up a lot, no matter what, all of them add together to drain your willpower as the day goes on. And here's the big lie. There are not 24 hours in a day. I no longer want you to think of your day as being comprised of hours Instead, I want you to think of your day as being comprised of apps, what I call apps. So instead of saying, oh, I have time for that, you know, do I have time for that if your boss asks you to take on a new, you know, venture at work or a project or something, or, you know, at the kid's school, they want you to start the, I don't know, head the auction for the online auction or something or the bake sale, instead of thinking to yourself, oh, that won't take much time or, well, that's a few hours a week, I can do that. Stop, stop, stop. Get that language out of your head. This is why you fail. This is why you fail. Instead, I want you to think, do I have apps for that? In other words, 
what's my mental capacity right now? Where am I at in my willpower, in my ability, my mental bandwidth, my ability to get crap done? Where am I with that? And let me give you a great example of how this works. So uh, as many of you know, I um, have a big specialty in in drug and alcohol uh, addiction. And I work, so I work a lot with addicts. And one of the things that happens a lot is when addicts are in rehab, they are, before they leave, they're given like this hour by hour schedule, right? And they're told to fill it in. And uh, you might have this from a co- I've actually had executives I've worked with who do not have drug and alcohol problems who uh, are given this by like a previous coach. You know, it'll be like, and sometimes they have it themselves in their schedule. Oh, I get up at nine and at 10 o'clock I do, well, no one gets up at nine, huh? But, you know, 10 o'clock I do X, you know, 11 o'clock I do Y, and they sort of have it laid out. Now, so, but let me go back to my, uh, let's say a person's an alcoholic, Okay. And they're leaving rehab and they have this hour by hour schedule. And let's say they're going to go back to work and they're even, were smart and thought, you know what, I'm going to try to work like a, a, a half, you know, three quarter day instead of a full day. I'm going to leave every day at three instead of leaving at five. Um, they're even easing back into work, let's even say, which is rare, by the way. Most people jump back in both feet, but let's say they ease back into work. And they think, oh, and it's about an hour commute each way. So by the time I get home, it'll be about four. You know, I'll spend some time with the kids and I'll see my partner maybe. Um, You know, I'll help cook dinner and get the dogs walked and uh, clean up dog poop in the backyard and clean a little. And is this sounding familiar? You know, it's life, right? All this stuff you have to do when you get home. Then they think now with people in recovery from drugs and alcohol, we say to them, oh, you should go to 12-step meetings, right? AA, NA, things like that. And they're supposed to go at night after this long day. And they think, so when they look at these schedules that they make up when they come out of rehab, they go, yeah, I can do that. You know, I'll get out of work around, you know, I'm leaving early around three. I'll get home around four. I'll be with the kids. I'll do this other stuff. I'll do that, you know, finish dinner by like six. And I don't go to bed. I'm even going to go to bed on time. I'm not going to go to bed till like 1030. So I've got all these hours, right? I, I'm, I'm done at six. I have four and a half hours free. It's going to be easy to go to a 12-step meeting. No, no, it's not. And anyone out there who's listening who's tried this, and you could, let me just give it to you. How about when you're supposed to go to the gym at night? You might not have a drug or alcohol problem. You're supposed to go to the gym at night, or you're supposed to, you told your friends that you were going to meet them out for drinks, or you joined a book club, or I don't even know all the million things, right, that you said you would do at night thinking, well, I have time, I can go do that, and I can still get home at a good hour and still be okay. You tell me what happens when that happens. Come on. Like, you know. What happens is you say, oh, that's great. I totally got it. I'm going to do all this. But then maybe you do it once or twice. You go to a few meetings. You go to the gym a few times. You do whatever. But what starts to very quickly happen is you're exhausted. You know, you don't, want to go out. You don't want to see these people. You're banging your head against the wall saying, why did I promise, you know, Jane that I was going to come out tonight? What was I thinking? I just want to be home with my slippers. Well, that's your willpower. Your willpower is so drained by that time. So even though there's hours left in the day, you don't have any mental space. You don't have bandwidth. You don't have apps left. No more willpower. So the idea of doing all that stuff, although there's time to do it, you don't have the mental capacity to do it. And hence, you fail over and over. You call in, 
you tell you blow people off, you don't get to the gym, you do whatever. And what's worse, it compounds. You then feel like a loser. You go, oh, what is wrong with me? I didn't go to the gym. I might as well sit and eat some donuts. Or, or if you're me, it's Oreo cookies or whatever. <laughs> you decide. And then you start binge watching Netflix while you're eating your Oreos or your chips or whatever. And next thing you know, you're up too late. And then, right, you didn't get a good night's sleep. And then the next day shot too. Do you, does this sound familiar? I know it does because you guys write me in, write into me all the time about this stuff. This sounds familiar to pretty much everyone who's listening because we've all been through this because you are basing your day on hours, not apps. You've got to go back to your willpower. Now, so here's the deal. And this is what no one tells you when you're <laughs> creating something new and great in your life. So for example, my example with people getting sober, coming out of rehab, that's great. They're getting sober, right? This is going to change their life for good. This is going to really be great. The problem is this is a new habit. This is a whole new skill set they have to learn how to, you know, get stressed and not drink, how to, you know, not just go on autopilot and drink after work or whatever. So this takes a lot of mental energy. This is like that big MLB app on my phone, right? (laughs) This is not a little solitaire game. This is a big one. Now, the good news is once that becomes a habit, once I firmly have this as a habit. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's going to add willpower units to my day. I'm going to wake up with more willpower than I otherwise would have because this wonderful thing is one of those things that actually adds willpower. Now, the problem is, and this is what nobody tells you, that's great. But until it becomes a habit, while you're making something a habit, even if it's a good one, like working out, eating well, getting clean and sober, whatever it might be, it drains your apps. It drains your battery. It pulls on your mental capacity. Do you see the problem? Now, this happens a lot. I'll have couples come into my office quite a bit, right, to do couples therapy. And they'll say, oh, great, you know, we're going to do couples. We'd like to come every week. Now, first of all, I don't usually have couples come every week because it's too much. They just can't do it. It's a lot to get to me, even if they're local, it, you know, to drive over, Bay Area traffic, you know, deal with the kids, whatever. It's too much. So what I do is I meet with them every other week for an hour and a half instead of every week for an hour. And that way, you know, twice a month, you can like make it happen, right? But I always ask new couples when they come in, I say, okay, what are you going to give up to add this work? 
and they look at me like, what? And, I, and, and they say, well, no, we, we've got time for this. We can come see you. We figured it out. We're going to leave work early, whatever. And I said, that's all great. But if the rest of your life stays the same and you're just adding couples therapy, you're going to be screwed because you're already so busy and so at the edge and so full of your whole life. You're not going to be able to add all the things I'm telling you to do. The little homeworks, the the being mindful, the being aware of your behaviors, all those things, even though they don't take a lot of time, remember, doesn't take a lot of time but it does take a lot of apps. It takes your attention. It takes your focus. It takes your ability to resist urges, which is huge. And because of that, it's draining. Because again, it's not a habit yet to treat your partner well. It's not a habit yet to, to ask questions instead of, you know, giving advice or criticizing. It's not a habit yet. So until it is, Couples therapy is draining and couples therapy is not just the hour a week or the hour and a half every other week. It's taking way more of your bandwidth than that because you're thinking about it every day. You're thinking about your marriage or your relationship all the time and it's adding to the stress. So this is huge and this is why people fail over and over. They, they don't realize that and they take on stuff. And one of the things that really happens is people try to change a lot at once. And definitely, I know for people, again, who have drug and alcohol problems, they'll say, oh, I'm you know, not going to drink anymore, and I'm going to go to boot camp, and I'm going to eat well. <laughs> and I'm always thinking, no, stop, stop. Don't just don't even say another word. That is not what we're doing. You are not doing any of those things. Until you create this new habit, until you have this you know, dialed in, you do not add yet another new habit. And that is why we tend to fail when we take on too many new habits at once. You have to wait until one is really entrenched, really in place. And I tell people 90 days. I know there's lots of stuff out there. I saying all kinds of things about habits. And if you look at the work of, work of uh, Philippa Jolly or um, where is she? London, University of London, I think. She's somewhere in London. <laughs> uh, if you look at her, if you look her up though, you'll see it, she's like the, the Mac daddy of habits. And she says that it takes an average, an average of 66 days to create a new habit. So if you think of an average of 66 days, I tell people, think of 90 days then, because you don't know if you're going to be on the war, on the bad end of that. You know, if it's an average of 66, it might take you much more. So let's say 90 days. And in my experience of doing this for 30 plus years, and I've been really on the willpower habit train for probably 15 of those, um, about half of it, I can tell you that when I have clients who really focus for 90 days, they get great results on just the one thing, (laughs) just really focusing on the one thing. And then once that's more of a habit, then you can add one more thing. Then you can add the next thing, but not until it's entrenched and clear. So once you, again, once you start thinking of these apps versus hours, you start getting, start, start getting rid of the idea of hours in your day, you start to realize, oh, I get it. This is why I'm so exhausted at night. This is why all I want to do is veg on the couch and eat or smoke or drink or whatever you might do. This is why I can't wait till my kids go to bed so I have a little bit of alone time. This Because you are just drawing out that time. And this is why, you know how you make a great decision to eat well at you know nine in the morning and you stick to it, and to it until about three in the afternoon? at which time you start eating all kinds of stuff, because it's really hard as your day wears on. Again, that willpower is an exhaustible resource and it starts to drain. It gets harder and harder. Now, the really sad part is that 
when we come home at night from work or when our partners come home after a long day and we've had a long day, we, we do, don't usually have a lot left in the tank. And this is what our partners get. And this is why relationships often suffer, our personal ones, because we give everything all day to everybody else. And by the time our partners and you, know, and you connect, by the time we connect with our partners, we don't have much left to give them. Now, so really what I need you to try to focus on is how do you build apps? How do you get more? How do you start your day with more willpower? And or how do you get rid of apps? How do you get things off your plate? So what I tell people is, you know, for the first three months that you're doing something, which you're making something a new habit, try to get some things off your plate. That's the first thing to do. So because remember, once we engage in this new habit, like so once I start working out steadily and that's just a fabric, a part of my life, it's going to add willpower units. I'm going to wake up with more than a person who doesn't work out. I know, kind of cool, huh? Think of that. But Remember, until it becomes a habit, it's going to drain, which means, so let's say I'm making this up, but let's say you wake up with a hundred units of willpower every day, right? If you work out, uh, meditate, eat well, do this stuff, slept well, that person would wake up with, let's say, 150 units of, or apps, you know, of willpower, okay? They would, they would have much more when they started the day. So even though they're getting drained during the day, when five, six o'clock comes, they might still have, you know, 50 apps left, right? They might still have quite a bit of app units left, quite a bit of willpower left to deal with, to have energy, to go to meetings, to go to the gym, to eat well, to whatever. Um, but a lot of you, and you're going to relate to this, by the time five o'clock rolls around, you're an app deficit. Not only have you used all your apps, you've used past. You're, you're, you're in the negative. You're in the red. And by the time your partner comes home or your kids or whatever, you're exhausted and overwhelmed and don't want to deal with anybody. So again, how do we build those apps? So the biggest ways are, again, meditation is a really good one. Prayer, meditating, taking time alone. And this is from the research, not just me going, oh, these are good ideas. So that's a really good one. So if you can do that, great. Exercise, eating well, sleeping well, these are all the big ways that you can add to your willpower muscle, that you can build that number from 100 apps to 150 apps. But again, you're going to have to do something in the meantime. So let's say I'm trying to stop drinking, okay? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop drinking. I got to put all my energy here. This is going to drain me for a little bit. So in the meantime, I'm going to do something like uh, get rid of things. You know, maybe instead of carpooling, I'm going to ask a friend, hey, can you take my kids to school in the mornings for one month? Can you do that for me? I'm, I'm working on some new stuff. I really need the time in the morning. Uh, maybe hire someone to do the laundry or clean the house. If someone's already cleaning the house, hire them to come twice a week instead of once a week or to add the laundry if they're not doing it. Hire someone if you can to do the gardening. Do whatever you need to do <laughs> to make this work, to uh, get things off your plate. Now, I will also say to you, it works really well if you ask someone to do something for a specific period of time. If you say to someone, hey, can you start picking up my kids after school, please? They're going to get worried. Uh, is that forever? You know, how long am I going to do that? And they will often say no, actually. Oh, well, I can't. I don't know. Duh, I got to work. I got this. You'll hear all kinds of excuses. If you say to someone, hey, uh, I really need a favor for the next two weeks, for the next three weeks, for the next month, can you 
pick up my kids in the morning, something like that. When it's time limited, I'm telling you people will say yes. You will be amazed. They're like, oh, okay, I could do that for one month. Or maybe they'll counter and go, well, I can't do it for a month, but I could do it for two weeks. And you're going to say, great, thank you. And you're going to look for someone else to do it the other two weeks. And you're going to hobble together those three months where you have less to do. And again, if you look at your time, you're thinking, oh, taking the kids, it doesn't take that long. It's five minutes out of my day. It's not about the time. Stop with the time. It is about having one more thing to do, one more thing to deal with. And trust me, there is some willpower at stake when you're dealing with your kids in the morning in the car. I know there is with mine. Uh, As I try to deal with them getting to school and I don't want to go or, you know, I forgot my homework or there's just so much around it. So if you can take that out of the equation for a small period of time, amazing. Now, let me say something else about your willpower muscle. So, because it's a muscle, willpower is a muscle. And just like any other muscle in your body, it's got to be trained. It can be overused. Again, remember, it's an exhaustible resource. You can overuse your willpower muscle. So on the one side, you know, you, when you flex your muscles too much, they can get tired and become exhausted and you can't control yourself anymore. Now, resisting a temptation over and over weakens your ability to avoid other temptations because it drains your willpower. Makes sense, right? And you've got to remember that, again, these normal things are draining your willpower anyway. Don't forget, you know, uh, commuting and all that stuff and fighting with your partner, being in a boring meeting. It all drains your willpower. So now if you ignore cravings, right, or anything that you really want, it actually in some ways makes them stronger. So, you know, for example, if I tell you not to think about black cats, right, you can't do it. Right now you're (laughs) thinking about black cats. It's the same thing if I get fixated on chocolate. Um, so I might, instead of saying that I'm not going to eat chocolate, I might say something like, I'm going to eat more healthy food. I might not say to myself, I'm never going to drink again. I might say, I'm going to make really healthy decisions about what I put in my body. And as you eat more healthfully, right, you'll eat less chocolate anyway. So you get to your goal in the same way. So (laughs) you can, you got to be aware of cravings. You have to be aware when they come up and what your internal dialogue is. Now, let me come back though. You can't just worry about exhausting your willpower muscle because you also have to use it, like I said, right? You've got to use it. Now, when we get to things like addiction, there's, I don't want people using willpower. And, and there's a, I could do a whole podcast just on willpower and drugs and alcohol, and I'm not going to right now. But um, So you don't want to challenge yourself. You know, it's not like you want to go hang out in a bar when you stop drinking because you're, you're thinking, well, I'm going to be around alcohol anyway. I might as well get used to it. No, no, no. That is not the thing to do. It's like uh, someone who's newly diabetic going in a bakery every day saying, well, there's going to be brownies around the rest of my life. I have to get used to it. No, you don't push your willpower to ridiculous levels when you don't need to. There's no reason to do that. You want to actually build it in very tiny ways so that you don't have the, the big ones. Now, because we do, well, one of the things we say a lot is that if you keep going to the barbershop, you're going to get a haircut. So you have to be really aware that when you're going into bars all the time or bakeries or whatever your thing is where you shouldn't be, you know, eventually probably something bad's going to happen. So, you know, limit that, right? Now, but building a willpower muscle because remember, we're talking about different things. I want to be clear. Addiction isn't really about willpower. You do have to have willpower so that you can um, think about your day and not drain it so that you have an easier time avoiding drugs and alcohol or food or whatever your thing is. However, 
because, for example, addiction is a brain disease, it is not about just, you know, muscling through not drinking or using. It is instead about building again that willpower muscle so that when things come up, you will be more ready to handle them. So you can train your willpower muscle by giving it, um, Kelly um, McGonigal, who's like the queen of willpower, she's written a great book. And uh, again, she's in your show notes. She calls them uh, willpower challenges, I think. Yeah. She has a great book called The Willpower Instinct. And she describes willpower challenges as any of these situations where you're um, well, how does she say it? Where your immediate desires fight with your long-term goals. That's how she says it. <laughs> so if you can perform small but regular willpower challenges, you can gradually improve your self-control. I, for example, keep a candy bowl in my office. I have a little bowl with candy. Now, it's not my favorite candy. I don't have any of like, I, I, I do not have a plate of brownies in my office, okay? I don't have a bowl of Oreos in my office because those are things that I would have a very hard time saying no to. I have like little Smarties and some York peppermint patties and things like that in my office, little bowl. And those are things I can say no to. Uh, They're good. I like them, but they're not things I love. And so that's actually helping my willpower because I have this sort of little way that I build the muscle in small ways. Now, again, this does not work for things that are, you know, again, like a brain disease, uh, like drugs and alcohol. I would not keep alcohol here to not drink all day. It doesn't work in the same way. So I I do want to be clear about that. Now, stress is another huge threat to willpower because that causes unwanted cravings too. Um, You know, stress makes you feel bad about yourself and that motivates you to do something to make yourself feel better. And then the problem is that the easiest way to feel better is by do something that'll make you feel bad later. So like eating cake now might make you feel better in the moment, Be, be upset about, you know, eating cake later, you get the idea. So when you're stressed, don't give in to immediate cravings, right? So instead we want to do some stress relief strategies, you know, exercising, meditation, go have sex, do something else. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> I really, I really do want you, uh, thinking through how willpower plays a role, how you build it, how you don't, what you do around it. But relying on willpower, just trying to muscle through is never, ever what you want to do. You want to set up your day so that you don't have to rely on it so much, so that you're really, again, thinking of those apps, not ours, so that you're allowing yourself a little bit of a break, right? Why are we so you know mean and, and trying to push right till the very, very end? So again, the things that help you build your willpower muscle, like meditation, prayer, eating well, uh, exercising, these are the things I want you to focus on. And I'm, I'm going to wrap this up today. So we spent a lot of time with me and I really appreciate it because I love having you here and I love talking about this stuff, but mostly I'm hoping that you're really going to change your life, right? You're really going to take this to heart and think, okay, how can I set up my day so that I am set for success? How can I set up my day so that I'm getting rid of apps I don't need? I'm trying to build new healthy habits one at a time that are going to add apps to my day and making sure at the very least that I remember that my day starts the minute I go to bed, not the minute I wake up. So that having a good night's sleep, staying in bed, not getting up in the middle of the night and eating or smoking or something else, and really putting time and attention into that is really where I want to be. That's how I'm going to start my day off in a good way with the most willpower I possibly can have. Okay, that's it for today. I so appreciate you being here with me. I know there's, oh God, 100 million podcasts out there. And I love talking to you guys. I love your questions. Please keep sending them in. And I will talk to you soon. Have a great day, everybody.
Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.